Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Jessie Stevens here, jumping in briefly with something I thought you might like. If you're expecting, or a new mum, or wrangling a toddler, we've compiled all the best resources for new mums in a free newsletter. Sign up for free via the link in the show notes. Arlo was born, you couldn't tell at first that much was going on. And I went along to the mother's group. I didn't really like it that much. I wasn't that into the community. Well, this is the thing. Anyone who doesn't have babies, it kind of, you end up uh, losing touch with them a bit, don't you? Because you're not going to like everyone either. Sometimes you just don't connect with people. That's not a bad thing. They say friends are here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. But we all know that motherhood changes some friendships. And sometimes it brings us together and it galvanizes us. But other times we lose friends in the chaos of the sleepless nights and raising children. I know that for me, once I became a mum, I did find it harder to maintain some friendships with girlfriends who didn't have kids and were at a very different stage in their lives. But that also made me think, Oh my God, am I so boring that I have nothing else to talk about but my daughter? Friendship can be a fraught topic for lots of mums. Do I work on my old friendships? And how do I make sure that friends who aren't going through the same things as me don't feel ignored? How do you make new friends? Do I have to hang out with the people I meet at mother's groups? Is it okay to just curl up in a ball and not address any of this stuff? In this episode of Me After You, you'll be hearing from Laura Jackal and how she felt like she couldn't be completely herself at Mother's Group, Mum Emmeline Filardi on her biggest regrets when it comes to friendships, and writer Melanie Dimmitt, who speaks openly about how her work friends were the shoulder she needed to lean on when she first found out about her son's disability. I'm Laura Byrne, and this is Me After You, exploring stories of identity and motherhood. For comedian Veronica Milsom, the trusty WhatsApp group text is the key to keeping connected. I have like a core group of uh, friends on like a WhatsApp group that meet maybe twice weekly. That's amazing. To, Having, and, they, and they have babies though, do they? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the thing. Anyone who doesn't have babies, it kind of, it, you end up 
are losing touch with them a bit, don't you? You really do. And that was one of the things that we talked about in preparation for this podcast because mm. it's something you don't initially – you don't want that. You don't think it's going to happen to you and you think you'll be – And it feels shit. It is <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. It is shit. But at the same time, you're like you're, – you're just in different at different points in your life. Yeah. You relate to different things and you are talking about your baby all the time and it's not even because you're obsessed with your baby. It's just all that you're doing. It's yeah. all you've got to talk about. Yeah, and when you're in a dinner party situation and there's half of the people have a kid and then half don't, when the conversation starts going to like what they're doing at childcare at the moment, you just feel the lull for all the people <laughs> who are so disinterested and start looking at their phone and like working out an Uber out of the place. You're like, so what's your sleep routine like? <laughs> yeah, oh, you I get am... nine hours, you're an asshole. <laughs> Isn't that weird though? Like I never thought that I would be the sort of person who would ask about sleep routines, but I genuinely am interested. I also thought I'd never be the sort of person who would like call my partner Dada, <laughs> which I do. Just just from time to time when we're in the bedroom. Hey, Dada. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yucky. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Laura Jekyll from the podcast Oversubscribed found that when she was going through pregnancy loss, it was her friendships that helped her immensely. I joined a mother's group like a lot of women do when Toby was about, I think, six or eight weeks old. And that was good in some respects because I didn't know that many other women around me with babies of the same, you know, the exact same age. So it was good to be able to share those emotions. But it also did make you feel worse if one baby in that group was sleeping really well or feeding really well and that mum looked like she was nailing it and had a full face of makeup and was, you know, back in a size eight skinny jeans. I felt like, oh God, you know, so there was pressure there too. But this, I did definitely not always want to be honest about how I was feeling. And I think it's very hard for new mums to know where to take those feelings sometimes. Good friends, if you've got if you've got a good friend that's got a baby the same age or thereabouts, gosh, that's like, you know, winning the lottery and you can share and feel comfortable and know they're not going to judge you. But also, sorry, I didn't have my family here. So I'm from the UK originally. And my sister has a, a, a son the same age as my eldest son. And I really miss that connection with her being around. So I think if you do have that sort of support near you and you can be open and honest with close family and friends, fantastic. If you don't, yeah, it's really hard. And I, I certainly did feel that guilt. When Channel 10 TV presenter Norelda Jacobs had her daughter Jade, she also began to discover her sexuality. Coming out of a marriage to a man and being so young herself, it was the queer community and friendship she discovered that became integral to helping her find her feet. It was really tricky because no one wants to hang out with someone who has a baby, <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're clubbing or, or when, you're, when you're not, not like 19, 20 years old going out. No one, you, you say, you know, you tell people and, and also potential partners as well, I've got a baby and it's like, oh, well, is it, you know, that's a bit of a turn off for a 19, 20 year old, you know, quite frankly. But I made some amazing friends then and they, they're still in my life, you know, and we bonded so closely when we were in our early 20s and now we're all sort of living professional lives and and they have children, some of them have children now of their own and I just kind of look back and I think, thank goodness, you know, we we connected at the Court Hotel in Perth. Um, (laughs) 
and then Connections Nightclub, and every Thursday night, one of the one of the more popular straight nightclubs every Thursday night would become Trade. <laughs> it was it was uh, that was the name on, on a Thursday night, and so we kind of had a bit of a routine. It sounds like I've just handballed Jake, doesn't it? When when she was a little baby, but it wasn't like every week or multiple times a week. But it was just every now and then, and it was just it was just enough. It was just enough that I could have the space and time to to realise who I was. When Melanie Dimmitt's son Arlo was diagnosed with quadriplegic cerebral palsy, she began to distance herself completely from her mother's group community. And while that sounds incredibly isolating, and it was for a time, she eventually found new friendships in places she didn't expect. When Arlo was born, you couldn't tell at first that much was going on and I went along to the mother's group. I didn't really like it that much. I wasn't that into the community thing. Yeah, and then certainly once it was becoming apparent that, you know, he was different, I really pulled myself away from any of that kind of community mum stuff. It was, you know, the reason I kind of forced myself to write a book is because I knew I would have to talk to other parents doing this in order to write a book. And I thought, well, this is a sneaky way of asking them, you know, how what did you do to feel better at the start of this, you know, uh, how do you feel now with hindsight? And I thought, well, at least this way I can say I'm interviewing them for a book and not have to really relate to them or share too much of what I want. But then, you know, as I started talking to these parents, I started feeling so much better and I was like, oh, duh. Like obviously putting myself around people in a similar situation is the solution here. So then, you know, there's a huge online community. There's a million Facebook groups. There are lots of incredible Instagram accounts you can follow as a parent um, raising a kid with a disability. I've found some of the um, women I'm closest to I've met in waiting rooms because you spend a hell of a lot of time in waiting rooms at the physio and OT and speech. And, you know, you end up striking up these conversations with other parents who just get it and it's awesome. And, you know, we now go for drinks and hang out and that's great. So once I had my people, things started getting a hell of a lot better. Well, that kind of leads into something I wanted to ask you about how friendships just, they just change once you have a baby and it's not by anyone's fault, but you do just align yourself with other mums or people who are in the same place in life as you. Did you find that your friendship group changed dramatically? Were you still able to maintain those friendships with people who didn't have kids or weren't in a similar part of life as you? Yeah, it was interesting. We had just moved to Sydney not that long before we had Arlo. Ro and I met in Melbourne where I'd lived for a while. Before that, I'd been in London. I'm from Perth originally. So I'd kind of, you know, I didn't have old friends around me, but luckily I'd been working at this magazine where it was a really tight-knit bunch of girls and we were all sort of at the same age, sort of all starting to have kids. Obviously, I kind of veered off the main road with my kid, but they were beautiful and super supportive. And, you know, while I was back trying to make my office job work with all this stuff going on with Arlo, I'd go and be like sobbing on the balcony. And I had a couple of really close girlfriends there who'd come out and just didn't really know what to say, but kind of held my hand through it. And they were amazingly supportive. So I felt very lucky. And I think, you know, because I've got I don't have that huge amount of friends, but the friends I have are really good. And they've, you know, again, have not necessarily known how to act or what to say, but they've all been there for me. I haven't 
really lost any friends through this experience. I have made, like you say, new friends. Our neighbours have a daughter the same age as Arlo, born like a couple of weeks before. So I would kind of hang out with her and she was great and it just it got, you know, a little awkward when Arlo fell really far behind this girl and, you know, this poor mum was like, oh, boys develop way, you know, slower than girls and she kept kind of grasping at these things like it'll still be fine and then it got, you know, it was a bit hard for me to see this typical child around my child but I got over that and they've been so supportive and lovely so and I'm close with her still um but yeah I've still got you know good old friends and I've made a few new friends who are also raising kids with disabilities which has been amazing For mum Emmeline Filardi, it wasn't till after she had her own kids that she realised just how shit of a friend she was to her mates. You know, as soon as I had Millie, I looked back, I had a friend who had her first baby quite young and my first thing was like, man, I was such a shit friend. It hurt me how shit I was, like, and the fact that I'm so sorry to this friend, and I've told her this, like, I wasn't there for you how I should have been, but I didn't know. Like, I pulled back, I distanced myself, I didn't understand her world. And, like, as soon as you have kids, I just feel like you understand people that have kids way, way better than what you did beforehand. That was, like, a little bit of a light bulb moment for me in terms of friendships. And another thing about friendships is, you know, I look at the girls woman that I'm friends with now and like I could not get through this without them they are literally everything and if I think you know having that woman support around you as especially in our society like we don't have the support like we're used to it's not we're not 60s housewives at home you know with our with our mums and our aunties and our sisters all having children and all not working and all staying home we are all working we're all trying to navigate the balancing act of motherhood and life and to have the you know support that you're not alone in it is is everything yeah I think from a friendship perspective did you find that you you have gravitated now towards other women who have babies is that your friendship circle more so than I I, personally I found like I've kind of moved away from a lot of my friends who don't have kids purely just because we're at very different points in our lives and I think that there's a bit of a mismatch did you find that that happened with you and your friendships at all absolutely I'm lucky a lot of my friends have had babies around the same time but you know there's a few that haven't and like friends that don't have babies don't understand that like what do you mean you can't just like come out for dinner like it's seven o'clock we've made a booking why can't you just like come out I'm like yeah sorry no no like yeah I can but it probably takes about four years in preparation sorry like you have an idea of what you're going to be as a parent, right? I thought I'd be like this, like cool hippie mom, like, you know, just, yeah, just like sleep on my bed or sleep on the floor, like sleep in the car, wherever. And then my first was also not a sleeper. What worked for her was a really strict sleep routine. Like, and if she missed her naps, man, she was feral. Like, and, and then it would make my night harder. It would make my whole life harder. So if Millie got sleep, it was like, great. So you do everything you can to get your kids to sleep. Yeah, like friends that don't have kids don't necessarily understand that. When Evie Farrell had her baby Emmy, her relationship dissolved pretty quickly in the months following. And along with her relationship, she lost a lot of her friends. But shortly after, she organised her life to start travelling the world with her daughter, 
So how does Evie maintain friendships when her connections are all over the globe? I tell Emmy as well, not everyone's going to like you, but that's okay because you're not going to like everyone either. Sometimes you just don't connect with people. That's not a bad thing. You're still nice to each other. Like you still can have relationships with people and it can still be positive, but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to like you. They might not choose to hang out with you. It's fine. You find your people and it's all good. I think when you're trying to make everyone like you and you lose your sense of self, like that's that's the saddest part of of existing, you know, when you're like trying so hard to do the right thing but it's not even aligned with your sense of self. I think uh, that's when you really lose your identity, you lose who you are as a person. So I think it's incredible that you're at a point in your life where you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to do <laughs> yeah, me. exactly. God, there's so less stress involved than when you're trying to like make a conversation with someone that you don't click because you want them to like you and you're thinking like, what should I say? What's going to make them like me? All that kind of stuff. And now like it doesn't matter. I'll just chat away and who knows? Like you might find that you make a connection with someone because you are yourself rather than trying to be a different version that you think will fit. True and Terence moved from Sydney to Perth with her husband, their first child, when she was heavily pregnant with their second baby on the way. Making new friends in a whole new city didn't come from mother's group, as you might expect, but from a group specifically made to support other FIFO partners. I have a couple of friends in Sydney still that I still talk to all the time. Um, a few friends I have, I would talk every day pretty much, usually over SMS. And it's like you scroll through and there's just like countless messages, <laughs> that kind of thing. And like they're always there. Um, there are others that are maybe newer friends that I wish I could talk to more. But I mean, they're mums too. So they have a lot of stuff on their plate. And, you know, I, I miss them a lot. I'm, I do plan to go back to visit at some point. I think as a mum, you need friends. Like you need people who are going through it like you, whether they're FIFA or not or whatever job your husband's doing or you're doing you need that like sisterhood in a way because you can text them and go oh my god my kid is being a pain in the bum is your kid the same and they go they go oh yeah oh especially with two like I've got a couple of friends who have kids the same age as my son and then the same age as my daughter so we often complain about how kids and how annoying they can be to their siblings because oh my god that's next level (laughs) Has it been challenging making friends in Perth that are in a similar um, point in life as you or is there a bit of a FIFO community? There is. There is a very strong FIFO community, which is which is really good. Um, there's a good couple of good Facebook groups that I've met some amazing women over here and then a couple I've met just at the park, like two of my closest friends. I've met them both at the park and it was just we were just chatting. One of them's a single mum, the other one, her husband's a pilot and, you know, they just, they get it. Like, they really get it and it's just really nice to you know, connect with them and, you know, they're at home alone by themselves for days, sometimes weeks on end. So they get it. It's really nice. Mum and influencer Brittany Noonan found that some of the friendships she had before she became a mum became harder to maintain, a sentiment that I think a lot of mums relate to. I think that you're, yeah, definitely your friendships do change and if anything, I think it's actually for the better. As a mum, you probably know yourself, you're just so busy, so, so busy with your children and it kind of weeds out the people who don't really need to take up your time, if that makes sense, or the people who don't, who are only really there for a party or, you know, that type of thing. The friends that I have now, I'm so lucky I have the most beautiful friends, but 
I don't have like a huge, huge amount of close friends anymore, but I'm so okay with that. The ones that I have are so good to me and I love them for it. Um, I'm really lucky that I've still got the same friends that I had in high school and we're all always going to be good friends. Motherhood puts pressure on so many aspects of life. And friendships, well, unfortunately, they do not escape this. Friends are the support that we need when times get tough. But our priorities, well, they can change and they can shift during motherhood. And some friendships aren't able to bend and adapt to a new season. We can harbour a lot of guilt about losing friendships. But motherhood can also be a time where we make and form new bonds. It seems to be the sentiment that motherhood allows less time for acquaintance friendships, but on the flip side, it also enables for a deeper connection and understanding with our closest friends, the ones who we ride the highs and lows of this crazy motherhood journey with. Next on Me After You, new beginnings, perseverance, resilience and silver linings. We're talking about hope. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Me After You. This is a Mamma Mia podcast hosted by me, Laura Byrne. Our executive producer is Elise Cooper with additional production and editing support by Lemma Zakaria. We'd love to say a very big thank you to every single woman who has shared their stories with us. And for a full list of all of the credits, please head to the description on this episode. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.